Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Obadiah. <laughs> if you wonder why we're going to look at the book of Obadiah, Miss Paula Crook came to me and she said, Pastor, I was reading through my devotions and I read this little book called Obadiah and I would like to hear you preach out of Obadiah. No one else mentioned anything, so we're in Obadiah. And it really is pretty interesting. <clears throat> Tonight, we won't get very far. I want to introduce it to you, so give you a little bit of historical information. So you <clears throat> helps with the setting. Then when you read this, it <clears throat> can make more sense. But you can keep your finger, if you found it, <clears throat> keep your finger there. You don't want to lose it, or then we'll have to wait for you again to find it. All right? This is one of the what we call the minor prophets. And the reason they're called minor prophets are just smaller in, in the size of the letter, <clears throat> but they were all uh, prophets that were um, uh, prophesying God's judgment and uh, giving them warnings. But we, we know that um, in Obadiah, we, we don't know a whole lot about Obadiah himself. Uh, there was a number of Obadiahs that are mentioned throughout Scripture, but there's no way to, to know that any of those men are uh, the ones that wrote this book. And so God didn't see that to be important to know a whole lot about Obadiah other than know the message that he's given us. But it uh, does seem by some of the things that were stated, and there's even question on this, he either wrote sometime around 840 B.C., which would have been during the time of the kings, and it would have been, uh, he would have been a contemporary of Elijah. And so the, they think that it's probably a, a during that time, or they think that it could have been around 586 B.C., which is when the time of Daniel, whenever uh, they were uh, taken captive into Assyria, and uh, it could have been at that time also. And so, and some, sometimes when, when you read the historical information, a lot of times the, uh, the, uh, the, the liberals, the truly who are more the unbelievers, would try to make it into a, a later date. But in this situation, um, good, good believers, you know, fall on either side of whether it be 840 B.C. or whether it be 586 B.C., it, it really doesn't matter because the, the message is given to Edom and uh, for the things that they've done or and they're going to do. And so we'll see that in a moment. But we don't know anything about him. We do know that it's the shortest book in the Old Testament. It's the third shortest book in the, in the canon of Scripture. Does anyone know? I, I sat there and thought about it and figured it out pretty quick. But what are the two shortest books in the, in the canon of Scripture? So that would be... So there, it's two that are in the New Testament because this is the shortest one in the Old Testament. Jude? Philemon. Good. All right. Which one of those is shorter? Second 
I, you know what? I didn't go and look, but I think Philemon has 21 verses. Jude has 23 or 24. But maybe we'd have to count the words, wouldn't we? But we're not going to argue over it. We know that Jude and Philemon are the two shorter ones, right? All right. So, but uh, anyway, so, and then we know that, that he was prophesying to, a, to the, the tribe of the Edomites and to the uh, area of Edom. And does anyone remember who uh, uh, the Edoms were? Edom was a descendant of Esau. How do you know that? Because the Bible tells us so, right? All right. <laughs> and that comes in Genesis chapter 36. We see there in three different places in verse 1, verse 8, and verse 9. In three different places, God says that Edom is of Esau. And so, uh, and what, what marked, what, what was the one, well, how, how do I say this? Who was he a brother of? Who was Esau a brother of? Jacob. Were they friendly to each other? No. They, they weren't very friendly, were they? They fought a lot, didn't they? And, and we know that, uh, you, you know the story, um, how, you know, first of all, Esau gave up his birthright, and then later on, uh, Jacob uh, tricked his father Isaac and, and was able to get the firstborn's blessings upon his life. And, and, but um, I, I was reading that today, and uh, in that, when, when Esau then came and asked Isaac to give him a blessing, and he said, I've already given your brother the firstborn's blessing, but, but you know, there was a part in there where he said, you will serve your brother, but you will end up having, and this is my own words, your own kingdom, and, and you will break the yoke that he has upon you. And if you recall, when Jacob came back into uh, Israel after serving Laban for 40 years for uh, his family and, and coming back home. And, and if you remember there that by that time Esau had uh, forgotten about Jacob and, and uh, um, had his own kingdom and, and uh, had his own kind of his own nation at that time. And, and so they, they went their separate ways in the land of Canaan. But from that, that time on, the, the descendants of Esau were called the Edomites, and the Edomites were always fighting against the the 12 nations yes because Esau ended up having his own kingdom and so I found it interesting that that God still gave him a kingdom but it was one that represented fleshliness it, it uh, everything about Esau represented the world uh, but but it was a kingdom that he was given, and so, and and that kingdom always fought against Israel, always, and they were always one of the biggest uh, problems to uh, Israel, and and by Israel, I'm I'm talking about Judah because by the time most of these prophets were were uh, preaching, those nations had been separated, the divided kingdoms, and so there was ten in one and two in the other, so. And uh, in this uh, passage, in this letter of Obadiah, then we see that he's writing to the descendants of, of Esau, who are Edom, and and uh, uh, they were, and he condemns them because they were complicit with the the uh, uh, 
various battles that were against Israel. Anytime Israel was in, in some kind of a battle, Edom wasn't there to help them. Edom was making it worse. And, and even during the time of Assyria, when Assyria came in and, and sacked them and, and uh, took them out of the na- and took them away, we know that Edom uh, cheered. And so it was a very tumultuous uh, relationship with the Israelites from day one. Well, Obadiah comes along, and whether it be during the time of the kings or whether it be during the time of Daniel, either way, we see that God has finally said, enough is enough, and you're going to get it. And, and he's pronouncing condemnation upon uh, uh, Edom during this time. And so that's what it, this is. This small book of Obadiah is a prophecy, and it's condemning uh, Edom for not standing with Israel and uh, uh, rejoicing, and instead they were rejoicing when the Israelites were taken into captivity. And, and really, it's a good lesson for all of us to know and understand and learn that, that we do not teach, nor do we believe, nor we, do we ever think that replacement theology is correct. You're going to run into people that want to say that the church has replaced Israel, and so the church now receives the blessings of Israel. And so thus, because of that, Israel doesn't matter. And there are churches that would claim to be fundamental that have gone off on that and, and veered to the left in that and, and now don't stand for Israel and, and don't care to and don't see any reason why that they ought to. Now, I find it interesting, too, I don't think... It, I, I have a hard time finding it in the churches, but you see it all over the internet, all the all over, and you can find it on TV with a lot of those preachers there also. And the the day that our country turns their back on Israel, it is over. And and we need to understand that there are blessings that are given to Israel, and there are blessings that are given to the church, and there's there are going to be different and. And we know that God stands for Israel all the way up until during the Battle of Armageddon. That whole Battle of Armageddon is about the defense of Israel and, and uh, God saving Israel, saving the remnant. And the remnant are those that are believing Jews. So, and, and he does that in a miraculous way. He splits a mountain open and, and they escape through the valley of the mountain and, and uh, God saves them miraculously and then wipes, wipes uh, the armies out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's a rejection of both. I mean, it, it is a spiritual thing. And, and, and you ought to pay attention to that. And, uh, you, you know, the preacher talking about politics, imagine that. But, but when you hear, really, though, when you hear somebody running for president, like Bernie Sanders, who is adamantly against supporting Israel, that's a real problem. That, that, that ought to uh, uh, terrify people into thinking that, Look, President Obama was not a friend of Israel, and he tried to take it in a direction that that uh, it was hard to recover. But praise the Lord for term limits, and so 
or otherwise there could have been, you know, irreparable damage uh, between the U.S. and, and Israel. And, and whatever people think, I don't care what, whether they think he's presidential or not, thank God for President Trump standing and, and helping support Israel. And we need to continue to, to vote for those that, that stand for that and get those characters out that, that don't. And uh, they're going to take us down a, a path that we don't want to go. And, and in this, then, we're, we're just going to read the first four verses and, and, and uh, just get into this a little bit. But uh, we, we see their destruction comes from their pride. Look at verse 1, the vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord. And, and the rumor is not like a rumor that we have today. It's, it's factual. It's a report that, that God has given us. And, and, uh, and the rumor and the report is that and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Now, when, when we see that used in the Old Testament, we, we see the word Gentiles used in the New Testament and, and uh, it, it means nations that weren't Jews, okay? And, and so they were, they were unbelievers. And, and so it's not, uh, in, in kinda, it's not in the same kind of terms that we would use heathen uh, today, but they were unbelievers and, and they weren't Jews. And, and so the, the report or the re- rumor that comes from the Lord is that there's an ambassador. Uh, and what's an ambassador? A messenger, someone that, that, is, that is on the... Uh, on a, 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 a trip to deliver a message for the king and, and is sent among the heathen. Arise ye and let us rise up against her in battle. Edom, you need to understand that, that there's a war coming to you and, and you are getting the message and, and you're being told the message that, that this is going to happen. And then he goes on, Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. You're, you're despicable in, in what you're doing and, and in your pride and in your arrogance. And he's going to go on to declare more of this, that, that uh, in, in making yourself big and in, in thinking that, that you are important and thinking that, that you can finally destroy your enemy Israel, I have made you small. I've made you insignificant and, and you're, you are greatly despised and uh, not only by nations, but ultimately despised by God. I mean, that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? I, I uh, you know, in, in all the, the issues going on in our country and all the wickedness that is there, you know, praise the Lord for His grace and, and His long-suffering and His patience, but we also need to understand in His perfection and in His, in his holiness, there will come a time of retribution. And when a country decides that they're going to turn their back on his chosen nation, then that is a time where things can truly get uh, 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 in a terrible place, and we don't want that. And, and it all comes about by what he says in verse 3, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. And that word pride, I, I looked it up and giving you more of a, of, of a description of we think about the word pride, we can think about uh, being insolent, we can think about being presumptuous and and insulting, uh, arrogant. You know, in, in all of these things that uh, it even uses the word in Proverbs, uh, impudent, and which means unfeeling. And, and so, 
Uh, it it uh, has gotten to the point where even like someone, their conscience is seared and, and there's no feeling. And, and, so, and because of this pride that's in your heart, and, and it has deceived you. And I, I find it interesting, too, in the, in the, the idea of, of deceived, it, uh, to beguile. And, and it, so I start thinking, okay, let, let's give more idea of, of being beguiled. And, and it has the idea of deceiving in a treacherous manner. So we're, 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 we're talking here about about deceiving into a, a wicked way and in a wicked manner. And, and God is telling them, your heart, because it's lifted up in pride, has deceived you. And it's going to bring some judgment upon your life. And, and here it tells us that the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. And, and then we'll go into the, to a description of this. Anybody been to Israel? Nobody? Anybody been on on, on you know, the videos or on, on the internet or whatever and seen the city of Petra. And you, you know what I'm talking about with Petra, how you go through this, this valley and it's the red cliffs and they're really high and, and, and you go around, you come into a city that's carved into the, into the, the wall, in, into the mountain. Well, that was in Edom. And so here is the description of, of that city of Petra because it says, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? And so here God, you know, they, they, they have gone in there and they've made this great city. And, and, it's, and it's a, I mean, there's no way you've you got to come to them, you know, from the front. And that's the only way you could attack them. And they said, we're in, impenetrable. You can't, you're, you're not going to get to us. And, and, uh, 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 and they're saying, who is it that can bring me down to the ground? And God said, though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. By 70 A.D., when the final temple was wiped out, and, and was burned and, and uh, have nothing anymore. By the time that happened, Edom was wiped off the map. Not, not to be discussed anymore, and there's no descendants there left of Edom. Isn't that interesting? And, and, and God wiped them out. And, and why? why? Why would he do that? Well, because of pride. And we don't have time tonight. We, we prayed extra tonight, and praise the Lord for that. But, but I, I want you to see some verses that just quickly, and, and then we'll get out of here. Um, and and uh, most of these are just right here in, in the book of Proverbs. But this is what God says about pride. Proverbs 6, 16. These, th- these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Do you, do you understand that? I, I mean, God is love, okay? I, I know that. And, and we, we, we experience that love every day shown through his grace, through his mercy, his long-suffering, his patience, and all of those. But do you understand what he just said? These seven things I hate. I hate them. I hate the pride 
that is in people and, and oh, how we need to guard uh, uh, against that in our own lives. Why, why is it that Satan attacks our pride so often and tries to build us up because he knows that God hates it? In, in 8.13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. And, and so how, how we need to, to hate these things just as God does and, and keep them out of our lives. And Proverbs 11, 2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Chapter 13 and verse 10, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. I I need to I need to have this one memorized and in the place where it's at. And we need to all of us need to post this. The first part of that verse, only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. I mean, when when you uh you have a problem with one of your children, it's probably pride. If the, if there if there's contention, it's pride. You need to work, you know, you need to, to, to help that child to get, get over the pride. You need to make sure that you don't have pride in your life. You having problems in your marriage? Are you arguing with your wife or your husband? And are you having some problems there? Well, you ever given thought that only by pride cometh contention? I mean, our lives truly are simple when you narrow it down to what, what God is looking at here, your problems either stem from the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, or the lust of the flesh. It's going to be in one of those three areas that you're having your problems. And, and whenever you realize that, then you can learn to do battle with that. And, and the majority of it we see is, is pride. We're all prideful, arrogant people, and, and, and we're in a me society that's a very prideful society, and, and we need to stay away from that. And Edom didn't, and Edom d- suffered destruction for it. God doesn't play with these things. In Proverbs 16, 18, uh, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And, and then the, the last one here in Proverbs in uh, uh, 29 and verse 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. You know, I... I um, I think I, I I love the things that President Trump's doing, but President Trump also needs to humble himself in front of God, and so do I, and so do you, and so does our country. I mean the the arrogancy of our politicians today. They need to they need to get on their knees and beg for forgiveness and and ask God to to bless our country again and and. And preachers need to, to, to do the same thing in their offices as they're studying and, and before they get in the pulpit and, and humble themselves and realize that, hey, God can do this with or without us. But he wants us and, and wants to use us. And, oh, how we need to get rid of that pride that's in our lives because with it comes the condemnation that, that uh, God has worn. And that's what we're going to see through this, this small book of Obadiah is going to be the warnings to, to all of us. It's too late for Edom. Because if you think about this, if he wrote this in 840 B.C., they weren't wiped out totally until 70 A.D. Think of that, 900 and some years. 
That's amazing. The patience of God. But you see, that's what I always say. That, that judgment of God is that great big grinding wheel. You know, it takes a long time for it to go around, but when it comes around, it grinds everything into powder. And, and we, we need to make sure that we, we're not under the grinding wheel. And if we're going to walk around in pride and arrogance, then we're, we're just asking for trouble, and, and we're going to be in all kinds of problems in our lives. And so he tells us, last verse that I'll get, last verses, First John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We, we need to learn the lessons from these other people and, and let us walk humbly with our God and, and, and see his blessings upon our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Pray your blessings upon it. Pray you take us home safely tonight. Bring us back when the doors are open. In Jesus' name, amen.